All right, let's turn our Bibles to Mark chapter 9, verse 42. And I believe Jesus is still in the middle of this statements that he's been making to his disciples that we've been looking at for the last few weeks when he gathered the uh, disciples together and began to teach them about leadership. And one of the things he did was to teach them the principles of leadership. He brought a, a little child in front of them, as you recall, and said, here's what you need to learn. You need to learn lessons of humility like this little child. You need to become like this little child in humility, and you need to, <clears throat> you need to protect the defenseless, he said, the little children. And what we have in verse 42 and following is an extension of this setting and this situation. And he begins to talk about children again. And he begins to make some very serious, significant points. And it's all in the context of children. And he will begin to talk about hell in detail and this was one of the most serious times of his ministry on the earth. He spoke seriously about hell at this time to his disciples. And we have this recorded by Mark and some of the other Gospels. And it is some of the most sobering, serious sections in all of the Gospels. And it's something Jesus stressed very, very strongly. And I hope we can receive it that way this morning because this is lost in modern Christianity a lot today. They just want to talk about the positive. They want to talk about things that are easy to talk about. Things that everybody likes to hear. Things that won't upset people. Let's talk about how to manage your money. Let's talk about how to be a successful business leader. Those are the things that are preached in the churches today. Now, those th things have a place and a time. Some of them, that time and place is not in church, but some of them are. But what they fail to do, what the real tragedy in all that is in the modern church typically, is they ignore texts like this. They don't want to talk about it. But the reality is, and this is one of the benefits of just going through the Bible, going through a book, all of it, is you don't get to pick and choose. And what we find is Jesus talked about things like this, and He talked about hell and the seriousness of sin many, many times. It was a big part of His message. And in fact, it's been studied and the Gospels have been analyzed and found that He taught more about hell than he did about heaven. And yet in the modern church today, it's opposite. They'll talk about the positive things, if they even talk about heaven a lot, but they will talk about those things and never talk about sin and hell and totally ignore it. Jesus didn't do that. I'm going off my memory I think I remember this accurately, but the ones who have studied this, I believe it's said that Jesus taught twice as much about hell as He did about heaven. He talked a lot more about it. 
because he knew it was serious. It was serious. It was real. And we needed to know about it. We needed to be warned about it. And we, most of all, we need to be saved from it. And that's why he taught about it. Well, let's look at verse 42. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell into the fire that shall never be quenched. Where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter, the, enter life lame rather than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched. Where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one, one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. For everyone will be seasoned with fire and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Salt is good, but if the salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. Now, if you look back, you'll notice a repeated phrase. A repeated phrase of causes you or one to sin. You see the word causes in verse 42, 43, 45, 47. Over and over Jesus makes this statement. If someone or something causes you to sin, you should deal with that very, very seriously. And there's three points that I want to make this morning. And the, and the first one comes off of that is Jesus stresses this because he is making the point, he's pressing the point that sin is a serious matter in life. In fact, I think we could say it is the most serious matter in all of life. It's more serious than you going to the doctor and having some tests run, and them coming back to you and saying, I'm very sorry, I have to tell you, you've got this, this you've got cancer, you're, you've got six weeks to live, get your affairs in order. Sin is more serious than that. Because Jesus is going to say, tell us and inform us, sin can kill you forever in hell. Sickness can end your physical life here on the earth. It's temporary. But sin, it will affect you forever. Sin is serious. The most, seri the most serious issue in life is sin, disobedience against God. And the first thing he does, he, uh, well, he has this little child already there. He then shifts to, a, to, to this next emphasis and he takes that little child and he says, whoever causes one of these little children to stumble. That phrase means cause to sin. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me. I imagine it had to be that Jesus recruited one of the disciples or one of the, in the group, one of their children who were in their group. He pulled one of them 
in of the families that were believing him for following him and those children were believing him and he said whoever would cause one of these little children who are believing in me to stumble it would be better for that person to have a millstone tied around their neck and for them to be cast into the sea he says it would be better for their life to be ended immediately than for them to go on causing little children to sin. Jesus is saying sin is the most serious thing in life. And I believe he's even giving us the degrees of sin. He says the most serious form of sin is sinning against the vulnerable little children. Where God has set up life where we come in as defenseless, vulnerable little children, the beginning of life, and God set it up where there's a mother and a father who are to protect the life of that child, and then there's grandfathers and grandmothers who, will, who are charged to protect the life of that children, and if anybody comes and threatens those children, they're going to fight to the death to protect those children. God set that up. God put that in the heart of a parent. And he's put it in all of his creation. He's instinctively put it into the heart of a parent to an offspring to be dead serious about protecting the life of that child or that offspring. Uh, even in the animal kingdom. You know, you'll watch these, movies, these videos and, and documentaries on animals and they'll say, Here's a, here's a mother bear with a cub. And that mother bear will fight off somebody, something much more powerful to protect that cub because of that parental instinct of protection. God put it in the animal kingdom. He's put it into human beings also. Because God wants those children protected. He wants life protected. And then it goes from there where God set up civil laws that... Life is to be protected. And the civil authorities are protect the lives of people. And most seriously, to protect the lives of innocent, vulnerable, little children. And our laws reflect that. Rightly so. Which is what Jesus is guiding us here. That the, the uh, sin, sinning against and harming of little children is the ultimate of the seriousness of sin and he gives this word picture this dramatic statement that's saying it would have been better for that man if he had a millstone tied around his neck and thrown to the bottom of the sea he's emphasizing the offensiveness of this sin the severity of it this is what jesus taught he said sin's serious and sin against little children is the most serious and I want you to notice throughout here what Jesus our Lord said. That in response to sin and these degrees of sin, in every time He says, it is so serious, it should move you to a dramatic response against that sin. And we're going to get into that, of what He says in some of the texts of Scripture where people look at that, wow. What does Jesus mean by that? Cutting your hand off, cutting your foot off, gouging eyes out? What in the world is Jesus meaning? What's He talking about? He's talking about sin should bring about a dramatic response on the behalf of 
God's people who want to respond rightly. And here, it's the same way. He says it ought to generate a response, a dramatic response, a powerful response of tying a millstone around that guy's neck and throwing him in the bottom of the sea if he's causing a little one to sin. Jesus said, you respond. And it ought to be a big response. Hold nothing back. And so may we apply this to our lives today, our current situation, where I believe we see a direct parallel here. What's happening in our own state, and our own nation. Because the two events that I mentioned to you before in our prayer time, and what we've talked about, and are really key issues going on, involve this very thing. That Walmart is using their money to push immorality, homosexuality, transgenderism into our state through our political leaders. That is causing little ones to sin. Doing the very thing that Jesus talks about here. It is being promoted in, our, in the public schools. The homosexual agenda, the homosexual movement is targeting children. That's why they're in the public schools. That's why they want control of the schools. And that's what's going on in Florida is they are getting this taught to the kids at the very beginning, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade. They're trying to corrupt them, trying to cause them to sin, tries to get them to participate in this, this unbelievable, horrendous immorality trying to corrupt them at the very beginning stage of their life and their innocence, try to rob them of their innocence, corrupt them in destroying our society. That's exactly what's playing out in our country today, what Jesus is talking about here. And Disney is leading the charge of that in, 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 that in Florida. They've taken over Disney and the, the company that used to try to entertain children now is focused on corrupting children. And they have said, out of this, since Ron DeSantis stood up and is trying to pose them to a certain point, again, okay, let me, the legislature, they need to replace that legislature. Florida parents and Florida Christians need to get serious and they need to clean house in the Florida legislature if they say, okay, well, let's, we won't do it till the third grade, but after that, have at it. That's unacceptable. That's not enough. But what they, when Ron DeSantis is standing up against it, Disney now it said, all right, we're not going to hold back anymore. Every movie we produce from now on is going to have a homosexual character in it and is going to push this in every movie we make from now on. That's what they announced. This is their agenda. They're serious about it. And Jesus said, my people need to be serious about responding back to it. And they ought to tie a millstone around their neck and throw them in the bottom of the sea. There ought to be a dramatic response back. That's what Jesus taught. He said, it's serious. This is a serious war and we ought to fight back. We ought to push back. And it ought to be treated very seriously in our state now. Then Walmart is promoting the same agenda, homosexuality, transgenderism, which does what? It is targeting children. It is trying to harm children. It's trying to make, lead them to sin, cause them to stumble. And that played out last spring in our legislature who had enough God-fearing people to say we are going to ban doctors from counseling and doing any kind of treatment on minors under 18 
of any kind of transgender counseling or treatment uh, and medication or surgeries or any of that, it's illegal in our state. You can't do it. A doctor cannot do that in his medical practice. And Asa Hutchison said, I'm going to veto that. We need this in our state. We need this for our children. Because Walmart told him to do that. And he was the obedient servant that he is to Walmart's money. That happened in our state in April 2021. And thankfully, the legislature overrode his veto because all they have to do is have a simple majority. Our legislature is given great power over the governor in our state, according to our Constitution. They overrode it, but Hutchinson wouldn't back down. He went on uh, national net, uh, news interviews and said, this is good for our state. We need to do this. We need to do this. Because of what's happening now. He was planning to run for president and he needs Walmart's money to do it and that's why he is stuck to that and that's what he's doing. And now he advocated for, let's don't protect children's lives around the nation in every state, let's, let's let it have it in some states. to war against children. It's causing little ones to sin, even kill them, but then corrupt them through the homosexual Transgender gender. That's being played out in our state, and that's what to stick with the governor's race. Jesus said, We ought to react seriously. He said, That person ought to have a millstone tied around their neck, thrown to the bottom of the sea. Sin is serious, and we should respond seriously to it, is what Jesus teaches us here, especially when it involves those that we are charged to protect. And I'll just throw this in as another practical we'll bring it more home, is dads, it is our job to be the protector of our children against sin. We're to protect their minds and their hearts from sin coming in to corrupt them. And the devil's getting it in a lot of different ways, through the TV, computer, music, books, magazines, billboards, commercials. They run the gamut. And it is our job, and it's a war, and it's our job to protect. And we as fathers need to be doing that. I think it goes across the board. Everyone should be doing it. God set the whole life here on the earth to protect the children. And everybody's to do it. Fathers, mothers, grandfathers, grandmothers, churches, pastors, teachers, government leaders, everybody. Everybody's to do this. We're all to be in this war, whatever jurisdiction we have. That's what Jesus is saying here. Sin serious. is serious, we ought to respond seriously. Second, verse 43, he then proceeds to say, and this flows out of why serious, sin is serious, is because it results in hell, which, which is ultimately serious. He says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell into the fire that shall never be quenched where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Jesus said there is a place of punishment for sin. Sin is so serious to God, He made up a place of punishment for sin and that's the place the Bible calls hell. And Jesus here tells us that hell is a place of fire. It's a part of that punishment and it is a place of everlasting fire. Jesus repeats this three times. He says, 
into the fire that shall never be quenched. Hell is forever. It's an eternal place of punishment for sin. Again, this is not talked about today, not even in churches. It's resisted, rejected. It's either rejected or, and then resisted to be preached on. We don't want to talk about that. Many are beginning to say, oh, I don't know that I believe hell is eternal. It might be temporary, or I don't even believe it even exists at all of those that claim to be Christians. Because it is unpleasant. But that's the point of Jesus' teaching here. And it's the reality is that sin is unpleasant. And, and it, it, it has to result in something unpleasant. It's just uh, the nature of it. God had to set up punishment for sin and a place of punishment. Otherwise, sin would be accepted. Sin would be glossed over. Sin would be downplayed. Sin would not be taken seriously if there wasn't a punishment. We find that true in our own civil laws. If the government makes a law and says, you're not to steal from a store, but there's no punishment, there's no cost to it, what are people going to do? They just go and steal. Then why? It's not gonna, nothing's going to happen. And that's what we find happening when, and we have that in our criminal justice system now, where crimes are not being punished either quickly or at all, and people, sinners, look at that and say, hey, I'll just go do what I want to do. I'll go in the store and take whatever. That's why shoplifting is on a dramatic rise, because it's not being prosecuted in some areas, some states, like it was, I think it's out in California. They, they just walk in and walk out with stuff and they don't ever do anything to them. It's going to wreck their economy. Murders the same way. And that's why we have increase in murders because the murders aren't punished. Do you realize, I learned this in our Tuesday night meeting, is that we have murder cases in Arkansas where the murderer has been convicted and they should be executed. By, uh, in our laws, in the state laws, we, we allow that, we, we follow that, which is biblical, but they have not been executed. They are delaying the execution because of all kinds of little technicality reasons. And one of them was a, a lady got up and said, my mother, if, if I'm remembering it right, some relative was killed, and um, they are delaying the execution because they say they can't get certain kinds of drugs that they give them to do the, uh, the lethal injections. And that they have to have a certain drug to kind of knock them out first and so it's painless, so they have a painless execution and they can't get that drug and therefore they're not executing them. And this person spoke and I think Charles Beckham spoke to it or and maybe Doc Washburn and said, oh, I think Doc did, he said, there is nothing in the Constitution, Arkansas, that says it has to be painless. It's just cruel and unusual but that's not cruel and unusual. It doesn't have to be painless. But they are delaying the punishment of criminals in Arkansas. I didn't know that. And in states like California and New York, they're not even executing them anymore. Sometimes they're not even getting them life in prison. They let them serve a few years and let them get out, and they've killed somebody. They're not punishing criminals. They're not taking sin seriously. There has to be punishment. That's the point. 
God knew there had to be punishment to deter, to deter sin, deter crime. That's why there has to be a hell. That's why God in His wisdom, even though it grieves His heart, He had to make a place of punishment. And that's what hell is. Now, understand, God did not originally, even though He knew it, we could debate that fine point, but God did not originally make hell for people. He made it for the devil and his angels, Jesus told us. In one of his parables in Matthew, he said, the hell is a place prepared for the devil and his angels. Prepared it for Satan. But we, as human beings, have followed Satan and now following him on that road to hell. And so when someone objects to this and says, I just don't believe God would make a, love, a loving God would make a place like that of hell and send people there. And the point to say is, God didn't make it to send people there. God made it for the devil and his angels, and people have chosen to follow them and go them themselves. They made the choice in sinning, and we all made that choice in sinning. That's what happened. That's why sin is so serious. Jesus teaches us sin results in hell. That's the wages of sin. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The result of sin is an eternal hell. Now he quotes three times in verse 44, 46, and 48. He quotes the verse, actually the last verse in Isaiah. Turn over there and look at Isaiah chapter 66. Verse 24. The prophet, the last words from the prophet Isaiah in this great book says, And they shall go forth and look upon the corpses of the men who have transgressed, against me, for the worm does not die, and their fire is not quenched. They shall be an abhorrence to all flesh. I believe that's in the context of the millennial uh, reign following the tribulation, and that their corpses are still there, and they will be there for the thousand years until the great white throne judgment when the dead, the unsaved, will be raised. So the corpses are there, but their spirits are in this place of hell where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And this comes from Isaiah. And that God has set up, <clears throat> that, whole, that whole chapter, previous verses say, that God will judge, the final judgment of sinners will be by fire. And that hell is a place of fire. It's a place of torment, fire, uh, as he taught in the uh, story of Lazarus, Lazarus and the rich man, there was a place of torment and a place of fire. And again, this is resisted on many levels. And there are evangelical, those who claim to believe the Bible, who will teach and say, well, certainly this isn't literal fire. Jesus was just using a word picture. And there are those that teach that, that there's no literal fire, but that the the, the uh, punishment of hell is just separation from God. That they're just going to be left out and removed from God's presence. That is a big part of the suffering. But Jesus is very clear. It is everlasting fire. And I don't think we have any need of trying to twist and try to be smarter than God here. And if God says over and over, by fire I'm going to judge the earth, fire is going to burn up the earth, the uh, fire is going to be the final judgment. They're going to be cast into the lake of fire. 
I think we can understand that for what we understand fire to be. And it is going to be everlasting fire. Now, we can't answer all these questions as far as that it will be everlasting, that the ones in, in there will not be burned up because they're in their spirits and their spirits will not burn, but the spirits will be tormented. The rich man said, I'm tormented in this flame. And yet he was going to be there forever. We can't fully explain that, but that's what it is. Jesus informs us of that. It is the everlasting fire. Isaiah states that. Jesus quotes it and repeats it himself and says it's the fire that shall never be quenched. And that's why sin is serious and hell is serious is because it is the place of eternal fire. So what is Jesus talking about? What's he teaching his disciples? I believe there's two things. To those that are lost, he is saying, sin is serious and it will condemn you to a place of torment forever. And so you should get saved now. Don't wait. This is so serious. This is the most serious thing in all of life. It is where you'll be forever and you should repent of sin and believe on Jesus and be saved now because hell is very, very serious and it's real. And because you've sinned, you're headed there. And only Jesus can save you and His death and resurrection will save you and you can be saved from this place and have complete confidence you're never going there and you're going to be in life forever through Jesus, but only if you're in Jesus. Only if you truly repented and believed on Him will you be saved from this place. That's the first thing. And then second, to those who are saved and who are disciples... And this is really the biggest focus here in this context. He was speaking to the 12 disciples. He was speaking to a, probably a, a larger group of the, of the 12 apostles and other disciples who were following him. And he was speaking to them as believers. And he was saying, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. He was saying, sin is so serious, you should deal with it seriously because it can destroy your life. And I don't think that he was meaning that if you physically cut your hand off, then everything's going to be taken care of. That was not the main point. His main point was you do whatever you need to do to turn away from the sin. If your hand's causing you to sin, then remove that ability so you don't sin. He was exaggerating the point to make the point, do whatever you have to do to get away from sin. Hand, foot, eyes, however. And the eyes are probably a bigger thing of, that can cause people to sin. And I believe what Jesus is stressing here is, do whatever you have to do to get away from sinful things that are pulling you down this road. If it's something you look at, then do whatever you have to do not to see those things. And this is very relative to us today with the computer, internet, our phones. We need to react seriously to this. We need to be very diligent about this, is that we react strongly and deal seriously with sin. And I say, well, okay, it's just what is happening. No, Jesus says, do whatever you have to do to get away from it and stay away from it. I think that's the point. And he exaggerated the point to say, if it, if it has to come down to meaning you physically cut your hand off, then he says you would rather, if it had to come to that, you would do that rather than go to hell. 
which is where sin is. But again, you cannot lose your salvation, but he says that's the road to hell, and you need to turn. And the life of a true Christian is a life of repentance. It's not a life of perfection. It is a process of turning from sin more and more, getting stronger and stronger, but the road of a Christian is turning away and turning away, turning from sin. That's the life of a Christian. And Jesus is telling us as His followers, do whatever you have to do to turn away from sin because hell and sin is serious. Then in the last section, and we're going to leave this for next time because there's a lot there we can talk about and there was a lot we already have talked about. But He's going to say that our lives here on the earth are eternally significant in this battle. And he's going to say, you are to have salt in yourself. Salt was a purifier. Salt was the one who resisted the corruption in the food. And he says, you're the salt of the earth. You're to have salt. And in this battle of sin that's so serious, that's a battle between heaven and hell, he says, you are to have a significant impact in this. You are to make a difference in the world and in the lives of people. And you can. And we'll talk about that next time because there's a lot we can talk about there. Battle over sin. And Jesus is our leader. He's our commander. He is our king. And we're to follow Him. And we're to be in the battle where He even uses us as weak sinners to even be a part of helping somebody else turn away from sin, helping them to be, have victory through God's work through us. We can have confidence. We can have hope. We can have power over sin in this battle. And it comes through the Lord Jesus Christ who taught about this. And He was teaching those disciples, teaching those apostles for them to be leaders in this. And they went out and, that, and, the, and God worked in their life where they were leaders in this and they were willing to die for their faith. God can do that same work in us and we can be leaders in our world, in our state for righteousness. And we can make a difference and we can help somebody to be pulled from the very pits of hell, to be snatched from the very clutches of Satan and to be redeemed and to be rescued. And that's what Jesus is still doing today and He wants to use us to do that. But we have to see the seriousness of sin and we have to react seriously to sin to be a servant in this battle. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your sobering words, your serious words that we need or we would be deceived in this battle. We would be out of focus. We would be misguided. And may you uh, teach us these words. May you fill us with these words. May you burn these words in our hearts that there is a hell with everlasting fire and people are headed there. And it is drastically important that we stand against sin and we seek to turn from it ourselves and help someone else to turn from it. And we do whatever we have to do to make that happen. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for going to all links yourself. You left heaven. You came down to here and took on a weak human body is a form of a servant. And you were willing to suffer and die on the cross so that you could intervene in this battle. 
And may you help us to see the seriousness of sin and not downplay it and not excuse it, but to react dramatically to it and not accept it in any way. So we thank you for this truth you give us to uh, guide our thinking and to direct us. And may you direct us this week and to walk in your ways and to serve you in your kingdom. For through your mighty name we pray, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.